You're listening to Lewis Stevens on Epsom Hospital Radio. Epsom Hospital Radio. This is a government announcement on behalf of the Why Aren't You Normal Epsom podcast. The host of this podcast is currently in isolation with the coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19. Please ensure masks are worn over both ears if you're wearing headphones to protect the coronavirus getting in via your ear holes. The government released an official statement yesterday saying, quote, if you are listening to the Why Aren't You Normal Epsom podcast, which all of us do because it's totally awesome, sterilised earphones and sterilised earbuds will be available to the nation. You just have to go to www.waynepodcast.com, head over to the subscribe button, enter your email in there, and there will be some links to the government sterilised earbuds that stop you getting covid in in your ears by by listening to this podcast that, that, that's not my that's not me by the way that's that's come from the top it's come from um the government i promise but yes unfortunately yesterday or no monday i was struck down with coronavirus i was on my way to work i felt somewhat rough i thought you know what i'll head into boots and i'll pick up a headache you don't need to know this bit basically when i did one of my first tests got the little line on the t and I, I was positive, went and got a PCR test, and now I'm super positive. You know what, in a in a strange way, and don't take this the wrong way, kind of glad I've got it. All this, all this, it affected us so much over the past year and a half, or over, I don't even know how long it's been going on for now, and it's nice to be part of the team, to say, oh, I've got it. And I know it's caused horrible things, but at least I can go, yeah, when everyone's talking about it, I can go, well, I've actually had it, you know, which is half the fun. I think going through this pandemic and not getting it is a bit like queuing up for a roller coaster, not getting on it, but still getting a t-shirt that said, I survived stealth. It's like you've done all the waiting, but never actually never actually got on the ride. I am double vaccinated. I took the Pfizer jab back in probably a good six months ago, which is supposed to have lessened the symptoms. I've had a, a cough. I've had... Um, slightly hot and cold temperature i haven't lost my taste and smell and yeah, that's it really hasn't been too bad and the symptoms have only been there for a couple of days and they're starting to go already um still not pleasant but i'm hanging in there and, and thanks for listening thanks for caring but let's move on with today's episode today we have a gentleman called paul cockle a supremely interesting character who i could I was going to say interrogate, but I could interview for days for all manner of different things. But today we are here to talk about his group that he set up over lockdown called Angels of the Hood. And they're like a community support group that he sort of heads. And let me break it down for you because there's a lot to unpack. So you've got the Angels of the Hood, which is hood as in the neighbourhood, but also hood because Paul, not in a weird way, likes to dress up as Robin Hood. He's got a little Robin Hood hat because... They're stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, but they're not actually stealing. So he takes from, he gets given by just one of the local supermarkets he has an allegiance with anywhere from 500 to a thousand pounds worth of food per night that's about to go out on its sell by date. And he brings it back to his house, puts it out on his front garden for any of the community to come and collect. With the help of his wife, Corinne, and 40 volunteers in the local neighbourhood that give their time just to help. 
that he helped so many people over lockdown that I believe he actually got a letter sent from the Queen thanking him for his services to the local community and told him to keep up the good work. So we've got lots of aspects here to work with. We've obviously got the huge issue of food going to waste. If you're watching the podumentary that I made a video of following Paul Round for the day, I think a third of food in the world goes to waste, which would feed everybody. Also, you've got the idea of people going quite hungry over lockdown. And then you've also got sort of the problem of there's not really an official way that we're dealing with it. Whereas Paul's had to just go off on his own back and find a way to get this food to people that need it the most. And he's had to quit his job to do it, which has left him in all sorts of trouble, which I'm going to leave for the podcast to explain. Paul goes on to it at the end to talk about that sort of stuff. And that's today's episode. Very interesting. You can go over to www.waynepodcast.com to see the podumentary, which is a 10, 15 minute video where I followed Paul around for the day. You can subscribe once you're there. And that's it. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Enjoy. Put your feet back. No, don't put your feet up. Don't put them back. All right. This is this intro done, isn't it? Enjoy the podcast. En- enjoy the podcast. Hope you en- enjoy the podcast. Angels of the Hood, uh, if it was in a dictionary, it would say, um, uh, just it, it's a tag, it's for people that, that, that care about people within their community and they want to do things to help them, so they're, they're, they're people that care that want to help. And and by by what do they do to help? What are they, what 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 are they currently doing to to do their bit? Well, at the moment, there's uh, it's very involved in uh, in the food side of things because they're collecting and just, uh, d- delivering. You know, they're doing our deliveries. They're doing the collections from the supermarkets of the food. Um, they're they're uh, having cups of tea with people and conversations with people that are in a bit of need of support. Um, they're directing. Uh, we've we've got a Facebook. Uh, page and group and they're directing people to uh to to the places they need to give them the help they need so if someone's suffering with a bit of um depression or um, um something that's uh, that's bringing them down um then then angels of the hood have got the people involved that uh, that they can be directed to and help them so so what it does is it essentially it doesn't just stick to the food it doesn't just stick to delivering it sort of locates an area of the community that is in some kind of pain whether that pain is physical whether it's mental and it uses and utilizes what it has um to 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 support itself essentially is that is that right Absolutely no. It's not just about the food. It's about it's it's purely it's bringing love back to the community. It's about people caring about other people that live around them and in them caring for their for their their neighbourhood, as in the hood. Uh, it's it's about people caring for those within their neighbourhood and and uh, what's going on in their neighbourhood. And if they're in a position where they can help, then then this is a place for them to come. Yeah, I like that idea. It makes me think of those adverts where they're, they're when when there's like a pain in somebody's body and the and it's like a medicine advert and they just sort of spray the medicine into the area and somehow the air, it just fills its way in and cures them. So it's, it makes me think of some immense sort of healing power that seems to just be running throughout the community and and locating the points where it's hurting without limiting itself to a particular thing. Is that why 
in the documentary that we filmed, you didn't want it to be turned into a charity because of that it simply somehow puts it into some kind of a box. Whereas you, how I imagine what you've said is that it, you want it to just be completely about people wanting to do the right thing. And when it's put in a box that cancels, you know, it, it, it restricts what it can be. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. That is right. It's um, it's not attached to anything. It's not part of anything. It is. It's. It, it's purely love within the community, and and it, love. Uh, love. Love's a great healer. Love can. Uh, you know, someone showing kindness and caring and and love to another, even to a stranger, is it. It makes a big difference to that person's life. It, they go. You know, if they're walking down the street and someone says, "Oh, let me help you across the road," away. You know, like the old days. Uh, it. it they they get home, put the kettle on, and go. That was so lovely. I didn't know there were still people like that around. Well, we're we're all those people. We're all coming together, and we're angels of the hood. So it's like you're encouraging a mindset change rather than trying to put a label on what it is that you're doing to help. So by these acts and by associating yourself with being an angel of the hood, you are you are encouraging a mindset change. And I guess the mind is a very complex thing. So by putting it in a charity, putting it as a label, you're, you're confining a mindset, you know, and, and, and that isn't, and, and that's, yeah, that's the avoidance there. So it's, it's, it's a cool concept. How, how are you finding that battle um, so far, you know, trying to maintain the ideology of what you are doing com- compared to the realities of progressing forward as Angels of the Hood? Uh, Lewis, uh, as you as you've uh, already experienced on our on our um, on our Zoom meeting, even those closest to me that are supporting me and they're they're in my network, my organisation, it's harder to explain to them than it is to anyone else because they say, no, 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 you've got to be a charity. You've got... No, we're not a charity. I'm not angels of the hood. The angels within the community that are that are doing really good, nice things and giving to people uh, unquestionably, you know, with a, putting a light bulb in for a lady without charging her twenty quid, you know, they're the angels of the hood. They're the ones that care about those people around them, and there is no box to put it in because it, it's a tag. It's just a it's a label, you know. I'm, uh, and 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 it's not something for today. It's something to show caring and 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 uh, and concern for others now so that tomorrow people will start trusting in that care and that concern and that kindness and hopefully you know they'll, they'll be clever enough to got not not get taken for a ride that's my what one of my concerns but um it, i think i think it's something that will police itself as the years go by and when i'm long gone i can look down from the, the from the stars or up from the flames and say <laughs> oh that went all right didn't that <laughs> you mentioned that the volunteers that you have um just then talk to me about those uh how many do you have what do, what what do they generally do and how do they organize themselves well again lou everything's a, a learning curve isn't it and uh as much as i never expected uh, uh something to become so great from from me just trying to help during the first lockdown um uh, people came to me. I, I I have asked now, but um, at the time, only because I can't keep up with things. But at the time, I I, didn't, I never asked for any help. I was just collecting food, bringing it back, and and I had um, uh, and I still have got a thick pile of of um, 
cards with names and addresses and phone numbers and, and information on how many people are in their family and what have you. Uh, and, and we deliver enough food for them to, to, to be able to take a breath and, and wind down and just say, oh, thank God we can eat this week, you know. And, and that's, uh, that, that feeling of someone giving you something is such a special thing that uh, that regardless of what's bringing you down and making you feel so crap at the time it's uh it, it takes that away just for a short time maybe you know it, it, it takes away that pressure of needing to worry about how you're going to get your next meal for your family and your kids and 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 the robin hood aspect is is taking from someone who's rich and giving it to someone who's poor but they might not be poor in money they might just be poor in in heart you know something they might have lost their mum and don't want to go down the shops and face everyone so all of a sudden they've got someone dropping something around to them that, that give them a smile lift their spirits a bit and turn a turn a frown upside down how's that yeah and that's something that would be remembered by the person suddenly in pain and i imagine in six months to a year to five years when they're cured uh, they'll remember those acts and, and feel like they want to give back and that's that passing of love that i know that you that you talk about so often that that floats around really good point that you just mentioned there because backlash i hear people say well why don't these people go to the relevant uh, system that's been put in place? And do these people really need the food that they're being passed? And are these guys just freeloading? Why don't they go to the supermarket like everybody else? Um, typically, what kind of person do, like would you say you, you, you help, you know, like like day to day? Who is it? Or, you know, what kind of things are they after? Not after, but what, what, what are they, do they require and why do they require it generally in your experience? Uh, can I give you an example? I'm going to change a, a few details, but um, uh, someone someone came to me who I'd I'd made an acquaintance uh, of um, prior to lockdown, and they had um, a, a, you know one of the poshest cars you can buy, and I believe it was a convertible as well. And they said, "Could you help my um, daughter?" She she's got half a dozen or seven kids and um and and she she ha hasn't got any business at the moment because she's had to shut down, um and and I'm concerned and it, it would be great if you could help her and I said yeah of course I can, and the reason I helped her was because I couldn't look at the negativity of it like most people would and I'll give you a classic example. Um, uh, someone who's who's um, part of us, who was helping us, who still has that need, because it's hard to be non-judgmental. Uh, we all judge, and and they said, well, why doesn't he blooming help her himself? You know, he's got all the money. And, and my response was, how do you know that he hasn't had the most stinking great row with her a couple of years ago, or her husband, or the father of the children? You know, how do you know he hasn't fallen out with them and they don't speak? They've not been on speaking terms for two years. And he's deep down maybe thinking this is a, a pathway to mend that that rift, you know, to heal things. And and uh, he'd love to be able to help them, but they they throw it back in his face. So you don't know. So mm. so instead of instead of imagining why he doesn't help himself or, or saying why the hell doesn't he help him himself, then then don't judge. You know, you don't know why he's asking for us to help them. So just say yes, just help them. 
So the majority of people we're going to go on this basis there are good people. And I think a lot of people would agree that. So you should have your absolute base response to anybody in need of help as yes, we'll help them, not no. Um, why do they really want that help? You know, it's, it should always just be instant, instantaneous. Yes. If someone is in need of food and has come to you for food, then you just automatically say yes, because the chances are, and I'm going to say more than 50% of people of the human race are good people. The chances are, probability-wise, they are in genuine need of that help. And then if we, look at the, if we look at the act in itself, so you pick up food that's going to be thrown away anyway. So even if this person can afford the food, if you don't give them the food, the food goes into the bin and it doesn't go to them. So regardless, really, a lot of the time, it, you know, unless it gets to a point where they are taking food and you can't give food to somebody else. It's not a problem. But I assume that you pick up 500 to 1,000 pounds worth of food every night. Your market's still outside. Your front room looks pretty stocked. Um, you, you do hit everyone. No, I don't pick up 500 to 1,000 pounds worth of food every night. I pick up 500 to 1,000 pounds worth of food from one of the supermarkets every night. And we don't only collect from one. So... We end up having an excess because there are, are people that uh, um, it's, it's quite a big picture. Though, I'm sorry, but but basically because we're doing it from our house, it's very impractical. And and um, I want to be able to save 20 supermarkets from from incinerating their food. Um, and so far, I'm saving it from three and and it's taken over it's taken over our home our home's been destroyed through it and that's impractical and there's an awful lot of legislation that goes alongside it you know the environmental health you have to abide by their laws as well and and there's only certain things you can give out and if you want to give other things out there's certain protocols you have to stick to so if you take meat it has to go in the freezer on the night of collection on its date and that 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 um, halts the process of, um, of the of the bacteria building up, but then once you take it out of the freezer, you shouldn't defrost it on the uh, on the worktop. You should defrost it in the fridge overnight or overnight in the next day, so that it's defrosted and it's still kept the bacteria from growing because uh, because of, because of the refrigerated temperature. When you get it out, you cook it, you eat it. And you don't leave it lying around for days because that food was on its use by date, even though the use by dates generally are, are, you know, I mean, I've eaten stuff that should have been eaten a couple of days before many, many times. And I won't I won't say I've eaten anything too much longer, but I probably have. <laughs> I mean, I've got a jar of pickle that ran out in 2017 <laughs> and my son said, what is this doing in the cupboard? I said, put it back. I'm still using it. <laughs> You know, it's it's four years old, four years out of date. So, but so what? It's it's not it's not doing me any harm because our immune system and our and our body will function better if it if it actually experiences these uh these little illnesses inside it, won't it? Uh, I'm I'm not saying everyone should get salmonella or uh, botulism or anything, but but what I'm saying is if you do have a little bit of bacteria in you, then you're going to be a lot more immune to um to, to food poisoning or whatever than you would be otherwise, and that's what I always been told and believe and and i believe that's the truth you made it this far oh welcome to the halftime show paul cockle just to recap we have a man who takes from one supermarket alone alongside 40 volunteers helps collect anywhere from 500 to a thousand pounds worth a night to bring back to his front garden to give out to his community in an act of 
stealing from the rich and giving to the poor with the angels of the hood terminology is is trying to represent. He wears a hat with a little feather on it and everything. It's mad, like interesting story. The, the the fact that food is getting thrown away in such massive amounts, a job that is clearly needed to be done. What happens when a man has to leave his job to do that? What happens when the man, after receiving a letter from the Queen, gets very caught up in what's going on with the Angels of the Hood? So much so that he feels emotionally tied to the job that he's doing so that he has to leave his job and focus on these activities to, to, well, to the, eventually, it hasn't happened yet, but you could only imagine would be the demise of the life that he's built up. And these are his words, not mine. Find out what happens then. Find out in part two. Just before you do that, though, if you're enjoying this podcast, head over to www.waynepodcast.com, enter in your email in there, and then you'll get told whenever there's a new episode coming, just via your email. And then you don't have to miss one. And then you don't have to listen to everyone either. Just want to let you know that. I don't listen to every podcast from my favourite podcasters. Just when I'm interested in one. So you'll get the email. Go, oh, that one sounds good. So for instance, next week, I went into the Epsom-based church of the Latter-day Saints, which is the Mormon church in Yule, and chatted to two girls who are on their mission. One of them over from Utah, the other one over from... Wales to come and spread spread their faith and spread the word of Jesus. I actually went into the church to speak to him. You'll get an email about that. You're like, ah, oh, that sounds good. You click on the link and then you can listen to that there. So yeah, that's that. Fancy, eh? All right, let's get on with the episode. Volunteers, how many do you have? Um, and how do they how do they generally organise? How many volunteers we got? We got um, we've we've got forty ish now, but forty that are that are sitting on a WhatsApp group that are um, that that see the messages we put out for the calls for help, whatever purpose it might be, and whatever they might be good at. Some of them, some of them collect. I think, as I said, some of them collect um, food. Um, some of them go down to Slough to collect um, makeup and and chocolates and things that are being distributed and donated to us um so so there's people that go and collect and then they bring it all back to hq in uh in my front garden and uh and then we'll we'll sort out where we're going to network it to where we're going to distribute it to who would benefit from it um the most that we can think of locally um and then we'll say you know we need a couple of guys that can do a delivery for us to wherever whenever you know and 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 there, there's a lot there that have got cars and if they're if they're not doing anything they'll come and uh, they'll come and say yeah I'll... yeah yeah like a like a just like it's almost like a a, a a non like a branded but non-branded in the business sense you know just a a, a branded platform for people being willing and able to help out within their community oh, using only the knowledge that people within that community can have so a certain group of people might be aware of a certain resident down a road that that would not be appealing for help officially um in any kind of a real sense because they people just don't know about them or they might require a certain piece of help that let's use the example for instance and i know it wouldn't work in this term but with these migraines that we've spoke about that I get, mm. if I was to get a headache, I need oxygen tanks, you know, and I can't get an oxygen tank until 
X, Y, and Z obstacles have been jumped over officially. But let's use that example for somebody who might need some other kind of help within the community that they can't jump over the obstacles for, or they might need that help exactly right now, but it's going to take six months because the NHS is overrun because they can't quite get through the right databases yet. But then there's somebody within the community that can lend their hand. So there's a platform there for people that can help out. Yeah, you'd phone me, Lou, and I'd phone uh, my mate who's a mechanic who's got oxycetylene bottles, and I'd get you oxygen in about five minutes, mate. That's that's exactly it, you know. And 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 there it is. It's 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 using it's using the community for itself, you know, within itself with its knowledge. And I'm not saying that the NHS and the government and all these people don't have their place, but my what I take from this is is that we are able to support and help each other better due to the fact we live down this road we live in this street we live in this town we understand who needs what and 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 where things can go and where things are getting wasted beyond maybe eyes that would miss it and that's no that's i'm not being i'm not being rebellious and i'm not being anti-authority i'm just saying logically it seemed to make more sense well during the lockdown Lou, as as you're aware the the um the government have had a slightly bigger problem to deal with and uh uh, and even though we're only one tiny little community, it's it's happened across the the country, across the nation, and uh, and that is people have been helping people within the community in their own community because they had the ability to. And and you know, should the government have done it? No, not should the government would have done it and will do it. But uh, but all the time that they're they're worrying about um you know uh, changing the light bulb for for Mrs so and so, it's it's one less lump of time within their net within their little network. It's one less lump of time that they've got to spend on sorting out how they're going to stop the, the 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 population of their country dropping dead because of coronavirus. Now I'd say they they did a pretty decent job and and. Yeah. Uh, and it's not 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 a great uh, it's not a great hardship to to give them a bit of support by doing what we've been doing. Isn't it? So imagine, in this sense, I'm now thinking if the lady down the road who needs a light bulb fixed, if the guy who does go to fix it or the girl that goes to fix it falls off the step ladder and hurts himself, um, who's going to help him? The community, you know. I feel like he went on a goodwill gesture to sort him I out. I believe you're right. So I think if the word gets around, oh so-and-so fell off the ladder, he's broke his ankle and he can't work for six weeks. He was doing it, going to fix Mrs. Dada's um, light bulb. You know, who, th- there's going to be help there, isn't there? There's not going to be a suing. There's not going to be a tribunal. There's, there's going to be an idea where it's like, oh, well done to him. So it's kind of humanising everybody again a little bit. It's just trying to turn, it's just trying to turn our, our, our whole um, outlook you know, I, I, sorry, I'm not trying to do it, but it needs to be done. Everyone needs to do it. It's trying to turn our whole outlook on blaming other people uh, into something that, that doesn't need need blaming. You know, it really doesn't. Uh, the, I, I can give you an example. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I'm going to sort of give you a basic example. Uh, and that's a, a dear friend of mine um, was connected let's just say connected with um with the 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 gun toting um department of the police force Mm. um they they had a call and it wasn't that long ago so a lot of people probably remember it where there was a guy in a block of flats 
who was sitting on uh, the windowsill, his window open, shouting and screaming um, and telling everyone he had a gun. Now, the, the guys that are the guys that are trained so highly in the police force to to um, carry those guns and use them when they need to are, are trained to shoot to kill. They're not trained to shoot to maim. Uh, you know, when they make that judgment, that call, they they, they pull the trigger. And uh, this particular night, this guy was sitting in this block of flats with a with a table leg but they couldn't be close enough to him to know it was a table leg. And he pulled this thing out the window and pointed at them, and bang, they shot him dead. Those guys were up in court for manslaughter. The policemen that, that, that you know, that dedicated their lives to keeping us safe were taken to court for manslaughter. And the, the person I was talking about that I know was brokenhearted, absolutely devastated. He destroyed him and all it, you know, everything that he'd, 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 spent his whole life his career um protecting uh, our communities uh, and and it broke him it destroyed him he, he didn't want to work anymore he wanted to retire he said i you know i can't work for people that do that it's it's wrong why why are these poor guys that, that are in this position of risk every day of their lives with their families at home now facing imprisonment for doing their job it's uh it's, it's something you know we need to change our whole outlook on 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 what's right and what's wrong because uh, it's, it's getting a bit of, uh, out of hand now isn't it and if it carries on it's going to get a lot more out of hand and i'm just trying to slow it down a bit my end i think so yeah the idea of, of like consistently looking for maybe a one one size fits all answer to everything is actually taking away what it means and the essence to, to be a person and, and kind of affecting our experience and our judgments and our decisions. Beautifully said. It's, we're being treated like it's a nanny state and it's so wrong. I mean, would you like a, a classic example of what I've just been through? Because yeah. it, it was it was destructive like, like you wouldn't believe. I, I got a, a speeding ticket. Um and uh, yes i was speeding i put my hands up to the fact that i was speeding but i was also not working because i've been doing this for a few months i had been doing it for a few months i, I wasn't working and i was scraping the bottom of the bottom of the barrel i had no money i didn't have enough money to go and buy myself a cup of coffee that's how poor i'd become through dedicating myself to what the, to what my cause became you know mm. and when I got Nick, the, the the guy the guy said, well, "I'm sorry, no, you were going too fast. I've got to issue this ticket." And I said, "But I don't have the money to pay the fine." And and he said, "Well, I'm sorry, you know, uh, you know, I, I applaud what you're doing, but uh, you know, after explaining to him, and he said, but but you know, I'm doing my job.'" And I said, "No, I respect that. Hands up." When the letter came to say that that I was given the opportunity to uh, to do one of these speed awareness courses. I, was, I had no money. I had no money whatsoever. I haven't been able to pay my bills. I've, I've been scrimping and saving uh, every penny just, just to put fuel in the van and, and uh, pay, pay the electricity bill just to keep this place going, you know. And uh, the letter came saying it's a £90 fine and three points or £100 for a speed awareness course. So I phoned them up and, and I said, look, I'm really sorry. This is what I've been doing and I do have no money at all. I can't afford either option. You know, 
um, what what do I do? And and, and they sort of basically we, we chatted and, and worked. And I said, can I get someone who's in a position of authority who knows exactly what I've been doing to confirm what I've said? And uh, will that will that help? And she said, well, yeah, you can. You, you you're welcome to. And yes, it might well do, but it's not down to me. It's down to the CPS. And I said, okay. So I spoke to someone. I said, would you mind? And they said no. And I connected them and, and they sent the email just explaining what I'd done and saying, please, uh, please reconsider or please, um, uh, you know, uh, be, be a bit gentle with Paul. <laughs> and the lady was lovely and, and, uh, and they held it off for six months. But unfortunately, six months later, I, my position was no different. And, uh, and and so it came back and haunted me. And I thought, 90 quid, how can I not afford to pay 90 quid? All I need to do is go to work for a few hours and I've got 90 quid. You know, I'm a carpenter. I'll go and earn it. But I haven't had time to earn it, which is why I haven't been working, because this thing has got so blooming big. Someone's got to organise those 40 volunteers. Otherwise, I just let it go, you know, just, just say, forget it. It was a waste of time or oh, it was great while it lasted. But that's not what it's about. So yeah. they came back with it. And that ended long and short. That ended up that second time when I still couldn't afford it. I started getting threatening letters and text messages, which is very untoward, you know, when you've got scams going on everywhere. Yeah. And then a knock on the door saying you owe us 654. Wow. What? Yeah. It broke me. It destroyed me. It destroyed yeah. me. And someone in the community let people know what had happened and they did a GoFundMe or whatever they call it and and within a day they raised enough money for me to pay it and, and a bit more and it was like it was so heartwarming and it was it was also it was also very soul destroying because I didn't I didn't do this for other people to give me money and help me. But then at the same time I didn't do it for for people to take advantage of my situation, which is what happened, you know. I put my hands up to the crime. That's amazing because the 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 turnaround what we just said there about if the guy falls off the ladder and breaks his leg will the community chip in to help if they know he's been doing something that's helping the community you've had an unfortunate misdemeanor you have spared speeding is illegal you know and, and we understand the dangers of why but we know the situation and what you've been doing you know it's tricky i feel like everything that should have happened happened in that situation you know i feel like the people the people pulled together to help you out and support you because they know the acts you've been doing. Um, and they're, but unfortunately, there's a system in place. Do you know what, do you know what do, I felt? Do... I felt like I felt felt like it, it, I've been I've been I've been stolen from. Right? Someone someone it, it was it was almost it, it felt like stealing. It felt like they were stealing, and I also felt broken hearted that I had to waste people's money to pay for that theft and and it, it was a horrible thing to to, to experience it, it, it was embarrassing it was just soul destroying and you know to, to and it was it, as a person you sort of think oh well, you know i'm great now isn't it I've, I've done all this for everyone and and now now they're feeling compelled to help me back and that's not what it was about that is what it's about but not it wasn't it wasn't about helping me. It was about learning how to help each other. And all of a sudden, they've learned how to help each other by helping me. And it's like, it's beautiful, but I'm really embarrassed about it, you know. But you um, see my point. You see my point. Yeah, it's and, and, and it's, again, it's perception. 
It, it, yeah, it is perception. And my, my point of view would be as embarrassing as you felt it was. I'm sure everybody that put their hands in their pocket to help you out absolutely wanted to as a result of everything that you've been doing. So what you've, you, what you've done there is pass that love and pass that, 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 those good gestures around and created a seed for it. You know, lots of GoFundMe happen all the time. Lots of them aren't very successful, you know, but your one kicked off very quickly. And I guarantee you, nobody in the history of the UK has ever had a crowd GoFundMe for their parking for their speeding ticket fine. So you've you've jumped over the, uh, you've done the impossible and, and people have put their... Now I feel even worse. Yeah, <laughs> don't be so silly. It's been excellent. No. So you did make a good point there as well. Obviously, you, you, you gave up your, your work over lockdown. I'm not going to go into your personal situation, but I, I do want to know that you've obviously made some big sacrifices to create and make the movement what it has turned out to be. Uh, so so why, why? and I know this is the biggest question of the night, and I know this one's going to put you back, but but why do you do it? Like, what, what is it? And this isn't just a one answer. Let's open that can of worms. You know, why, why did you start all this and why do you carry on and why do you, why do you put so much into it? Why did I do it? Because I'm the most selfish bugger you've ever met in your life because I didn't consider my family or my um, my my priorities, my, my normal priorities, and um, I set out to uh, to destroy everything I'd ever worked for and, and couldn't stop myself because uh, for the sake of one man, um, something that was growing so big so quickly, um, I couldn't walk away from those people that needed our help. When we tried shutting down, we, we, had, uh, we had tears on the driveway. Like, and, and when people stand there and break down and tell you you're, you've been their lifeline, um, and all of a sudden you're saying, well, yeah, I'd love to help you, but I've got to go to work now. It, it just doesn't wear with me. I'm not that sort of person. I, I you know... You know, it's like if you were. Like, I know it's a little bit different, but in my in my heart, it's the same as if 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 someone was on their way to work and and they were late and they were on their push bike and someone fell into the river and they didn't stop to help them. And that's that sort of shit goes on now. You know, people people drive past people or walk past people that are lying in the street and need help because uh, because of the, the way things are becoming. And and I'm just not one of those people. You know, I can't do that. Even though, as you said, it it, it caused it caused so many issues for for you. It was you one know, man's how, 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 was, how, how how do you mean? How do you mean it made you it, it it made you selfish because you put you 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 put the ones closer to you um, under troubles. The bottom of the list. Yeah. And and uh, I don't know why, but uh, I just. Maybe, maybe it maybe it was uh, because of how proud I felt. Maybe it was because uh, Buckingham Palace encouraged me to continue with my great work. You know, I mean, when someone drops you a letter like that on your doorstep, and and uh, and you're like, "Oh my God, is this a wind up?" and and it turns out not to be. You know, it's a genuine letter of thanks and praise from from the the. The messenger from God, as they used to be known, you know, the royal family, the king or the queen was was the closest thing to God's messenger back in the day. And and I felt like a messenger starting this thing in the first place. Like, you know, oh, my word, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I, I need to go to work and earn money. Uh, but at the same time, I, I thought, how can I be horrible enough to, to st- 
start helping, you know, Indian giving, you know what I mean? Give someone a fiver and, and then say, no, you can't have that. No, I'm I was only joking. Yeah. I need it myself. You know, you can't do it. I can't do it. And, and, and unfortunately, what I'd started was was bigger than uh, than anticipated. I didn't expect. I just thought I'd help a few people out for a few weeks. You know, I didn't expect to be. Uh, I didn't expect to be collecting food every night because I'm sitting here thinking I've got to go to work tomorrow, so I don't really want to go and collect food tonight because that then gets so outweighed by. Well, what about all those people that come every day? You know, the 30, 40 families sometimes. You know, we had, we had 35 people, and that's probably 10 families, 15 families, come to our house on Christmas Day, Lewis. Wow. And when I say that, I was so proud because we all, yeah, people are, are seeming to forget what actually happened. What happened was... Everyone was expecting to go to their mum and dad's for Christmas or their aunties or their mates or, or the pub or a restaurant. And all of a sudden, no one could. Yeah. Now, where did those people get their Christmas dinner from? They didn't have one. They didn't have one. And by the time they, they thought, I'd better go and buy some, there weren't any left in the shops or there was a, sh there was a shortage of uh, Brussels sprouts. We had hundreds. <laughs> 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 or was it Brussels sprouts? or No, broccoli, wasn't it? And people were coming to us saying, you haven't got any broccoli, have you? Yeah, of course we have. You know, and, and it was a proud day. It was probably the best Christmas I've ever enjoyed. It was amazing. People bringing us cards as well and, and little prezzies and saying, God, happy Christmas, you know. So, so there weren't all people coming to collect food, but our door's been open and so's our window, you know, our gas bill. Blimey, we've had a lead going out the window to the other fridges and freezers out the back all yeah. the way through since March the 26th or whatever it is, the day we, we started doing it. And, uh, you know, our front door and our back door has been open every day. Now, I'm, I'm kidding you not, mate. It's been minus five, you know. And yeah. not many people had their blooming windows open, I'll tell you, especially their back doors going in and out and the front doors going in and out. You know, we're carrying food in. It's minus five outside. And then we're sorting it all out and then we're carrying it back out to the shed and locking the shed and shutting the doors and trying to warm up at one o'clock in the morning and, and thinking, do we want to put the heat in on? It's, it's like, oh my God, what are we doing? Talking about warming up, that story of Christmas Day makes me feel very warm. I feel like the rights of that should be passed on to one of those Coca-Cola adverts or something and, and, and Paul Cockle's doors should just open up with 35 people waiting well, outside. Sure, I'm waiting all emotional, 